Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Lauren. And I am 30. Woo! It's official. That's right. Uh, that's true. Film Buds listeners, your your one and only host has, has officially hit the big 3-0. Uh, 3-0 and... Thriving. Sure. Uh... <laughs> Doing fine. <laughs> you're 30, you're flirty, and you're thriving. I I hope I'm not flirty. We're married. Well, I mean, we flirt, but I guess <laughs> so applicable, I suppose. That's fine. These are, these are all fine things. <laughs> that was a 30 going on 30 quote for the listeners. You're welcome. Um... But, uh, no, it, it's true. It's December 9th. I, I have turned 30. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man, it's another year. Huh, Jesus Christ, we're really, like, swinging high on this intro. Well, you know, um, I think that there is a lot of hoopla made about 30, but, um, for me, 30 hasn't, I guess, felt like the, the, the big deal that I feel like it's made out to be. I think that I think that what you're thinking of is a big deal is people commemorating like getting older in a cooler way to make themselves feel better. Mm. That's why that's why people stop quote unquote aging at 29. Ah, I see. I see. You know, you have to go into to 30 with like a positive outlook on life or else I guess you're like sad or something. You know, um uh one of my coworkers said that uh 30 was fine. 31 for her hit her like a brick for whatever reason well because it's not as fun as 30 again Mm. you're like back into the just the decades yeah you know the next big one i guess could be 35 but it's really going to be 40 so now you have to wait like a whole another decade no i see what you mean i see what you mean um whereas i feel like the entirety of your 20s is like celebrated with this kind of like you're still young until you're 30 no, you you make very fair points with that. Um and like it's not that like I'm I'm dour on 30 at all, you know, but I'm like here we go again. <laughs> you know. Um, I feel like somebody would call that I guess dour, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to each their own. Um you're coming at it with um mild indifference to just whatever the march of time, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess that's that's fair. You're definitely not looking at it in a in a way that is like upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um but along with uh me being 30, uh we are continuing of course our for your consideration campaign and actually we've got a kind of a special one for uh for my birthday. It just came out today on Netflix. We've got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yes, we do. Um, this one, you know, I, I mentioned last week that, that uh, it's for your consideration season, so a lot of screeners are being sent out. Um, but also with that have, have been uh, a great deal more than just screeners, but entire sort of uh, sets you know, entire swag 
boxes. Yeah, since, honestly, um, like things that you would have gotten for like a like a gift set for somebody. You know, you oh, you like Harry Potter? Well, here's an entire themed box of Harry Potter. Well, like. All of this sound, dear listener, is the sound of the box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got other goodies in it, it looks like. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I also just tucked away some some other screeners in it because... It's an enormous box. <laughs> it's absolutely enormous. I think that this is the size of box that I would get, like, a pair of, like, um, knee-high boots in. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, a pair of, like, Jordans can, can fit in this bad boy. Yeah, for Shaquille O'Neal. This box is enormous. <laughs> A pair of Jordans, he says. For <laughs> <Or> a clown. <laughs> this box is two feet long. Two there feet. are people with huge feet. No, yeah, um, Shaquille O'Neal. It came with, of course, a screener for the film, um, but then it also had uh, uh, a packet of some, some hot chocolate. Uh, it has some screeners uh or not screeners but some some little uh soundtrack for your consideration samples one for the score uh one I think that that's the entire score and then we've yeah. got very specifically the like best song nominee on like a totally different disc mm -hmm. is it also on this one as well no I think that bad boy is like you said just full full score yeah yeah I think it is um which is fine. I think that the score is 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 great. Um, and last but not least, an oh absolute <laughs> gargantuan book. I mean, this thing is so heavy that I could I could plausibly smack the hell out of somebody with this thing. Oh gosh, you know, honestly, do you can you can you swing it? Is the thing <laughs> like you could totally drop that thing on somebody, but like having the arm strength to swing that thing into another individual, it's 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 hefty. That thing is like a ten pound book. It's it's you know it's it's like frying pan weight. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. So it was quite the presentation, and not at all what I was expecting one day when I got home and found this incredibly vibrantly blue box. Yeah, it's almost like a like a royal blue. It's, That's it's, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's got like an indigo undertones to mm -hmm. it. It's very like purpley. And uh and once once I got it, I was like, you know what, it it'll be the perfect thing to bring to y'all and and especially since it was coming out on my birthday, I was like, what better thing to do? for our four-year consideration month than Pinocchio. I mean, look at us, like, really ahead of the game, you know, for the first time in forever. You're welcome. <laughs> what a beautiful accident. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. You're funny. Uh, and I guess without any further ado, we should just uh, actually know, before, before we, I guess, uh, go ahead and jump into the the movie directly i wanted to bring this up last week and 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 i didn't so far based on what we have seen mm -hmm. you know i mean we've got a mountain i mean i feel like at some point we need to count all of them that we get you know once they finally stop coming we need to like <laughs> just write maybe not write them all down maybe we will write them down but we need to get a count no for sure um but Based on what we have seen, mm -hmm. 
what do you think are some of the things that are likely going to get awards consideration or even just based on things that you've seen advertising for that you're like, you know what, that's going to get an award. Um, I guess the things that like we've gotten screeners for that I've even like heard of, um, you know, Pinocchio, obviously it's a Guillermo del Toro film. Like, come on guys. It's, it's easy winnings here. You know, you've already got the name recognition right there. Slap on the label. It's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah. That's how it's labeled in IMDb, which I find hysterical. Um, it's probably to differentiate it from the one that came out this year. Oh my gosh, is there another? Oh, the Disney one. With Tom Hanks, yeah. Oh. Uh, I see, I see, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. This is this is the other wild party. I understand. Um, let's see. Um, I think that probably like bodies. No, not bodies. But the, the bones and all one. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot mm-hmm. of advertisements for that. I feel like that one's probably up for... Because it's also got T- Timothy Chalamet in it. Um, and Tim- Timothy Chalamet is hot right now. Hot off the presses. Um, gosh, what else have we gotten? Um, the white noise thing. Um, well, I, I haven't even heard anything of that. But they, they really gave us the box. And so now I, I, gotta, I gotta know. I gotta know what's, what's, what's hiding behind all that budget. Uh, but... but... Is there anything that you've seen thus far this year that you went, that's a Best Picture nominee? Oh, 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 sorry. I misunderstood the question. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I've seen personally this year that I think should be up for awards, um, well, I think that, I think The Barbarian is fantastic. I, I really enjoyed going down that roller coaster ride. Um, I think that that movie was very sufficiently scary. Um, and, and, um, took a different perspective on what it was like to, to experience horror. And I thought that that was great. Um, other movies that we've seen this year that I think should, should win things. Oh gosh, we went through a whole list of movies earlier today and I'm blanking. Um, I think that, I think that both Pearl and X are, are fantastic. Um, I think that... If you had to pick one to be nominated, though. Um, then I think I am going to go with X just because it's the first one. I don't think that I go with the sequel. Interesting. I was going to go with Pearl because of its Wizard of Oz. Oh, I mean, I guess I I like that because it's also doing something different is, you know, going down this rabbit hole of watching this, this person lose it in isolation. Um... I guess that's the the thing for me. I felt like a, it felt like a COVID story. Like my brain was like, and we're talking about COVID, and so it just kind of went yada 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 COVID, you know? <laughs> because re- remember early COVID when everybody was like, it's just like the Spanish flu, and then this movie was set in a time of the Spanish flu, and I was like, oh, I see what you did there. But that's why I was gonna go with with X because it was it was flashy. It was the first one, you know. Um, but I get your, I get where you're at. I get what you're putting down. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh my gosh! I think that that movie is gonna win. I think that Michelle um, deserves everything that she 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 will achieve greatness. She's gonna get um, the best the best female actor award. Um, stop putting a dress on the word actor, guys. 
It's it's ridiculous. Um, it's a profession. I don't I don't call you a doctress. <laughs> You're a doctor. You earned that title. Let a me nurse earn and mine. A nurses. A nurseress. <laughs> Everybody's a waitress. You know. <laughs> you know. We've got our we've got our pilot and we've got our pilotress. Mm-hmm. It sounds it's 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 too much. It's messy. They're all actors. Um, our soldier and our soul dress. Uh huh. Uh huh. And let's let's not putting a dress on everything. It's 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 offensive. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, no. 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 Yeah. I think that everything, everywhere, all at once was. I think that that might be my favorite movie of the year. I thought that that movie was so weird, but in the best kind of way and still managed to 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 mold all of that weirdness into a cohesive story that like still made you like really feel at the end of it. You know, I just I thought that that that's a that's a movie that I think that is also even though it is strange, I think that I would that would be my introduction for people into the weird of of film. You know, because it's it's a safe weird at the end of the day. Oh, because it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. You know, whose mom doesn't want to see Jamie Lee Curtis in something? I know my mom does. <laughs> um, Let's see. Name another one. Uh, The Batman. Oh, The Batman was great. The Batman's, Batman's doing good. Um... I really enjoyed the Batman a lot. I do not know, I guess, how well it will perform. Maybe in like a an, an action. Like, It'll probably get some technical awards. You that's know, what I was Cinematography, thinking. something like that. Because of all those really bitching shots, you know, yeah. of um, you know, the the one where it's the the whipsaw around the car with the at the tire level, you know, with the it's it's great. It's a great shot. It mm-hmm. it really feels, you know. That's a, that's a it's an angle that you just don't get. Really immersive. Um, uh, Banshees of Inisherin, I think, is going to be something that gets nominated, even though we haven't seen it. I think that's going to be something that gets nominated. Oh, I th- I think that um, doesn't Dune already have to Dune come out this year? That was last year. Oh, see, I I, I can't even keep track. Um, maybe even the year before. No, stop, stop, stop it. Um, maybe. Everything's unsure. Everything's unclear. Um, no, I guess those are, like, my top ones. Okay. Um, those are the ones especially, I mean, like, I really enjoyed them, and I think that they've all gotten, like, a lot of critical acclaim as well in this time. It's things that people definitely went out and saw during this year. Um, I think the Pinocchio definitely has a shot. Um... I guess I think on something more current. Uh, I think Crimes of the Future is a great movie, but I don't think that it's going to get a lot of awards consideration. No, I don't think so. I think that it's too out of the box for a lot of people. Um, I mean, Too just, hard to I, chew on. Yeah, whereas, like, you know, for me, I loved that movie. I thought that movie was great. I loved how absolutely absurdist the film was in order to, like, make, like, really fine fine-tune the 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 point down for me i felt like it was it was almost blaringly obvious um but it didn't detract from it but for somebody else that's that's definitely not the case it's 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 too it's too weird it's it's gonna be exactly what they say it's i mean the the trailer for it was literally 
the dude with the ears on him yeah. was a part of the trailer. And, like, if you're not prepared for that, then, like, it doesn't you get better. You didn't go better. in, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> get better than that. Uh, I think that that's all fair. But, like, also, I don't think that Vigo was going into that film being like, I'm going to give me some Oscars today. You know? No, for sure. Uh, but I don't think that he goes into anything necessarily with awards in mind. No, yeah, I think that you're I think that you're completely on about that. But that's also the difference between somebody who's in it for the craft and somebody who's in it for the fame. Yeah. You know, Vigo Vigo is an actor. Yeah. The Rock is not. Well. Uh we'll talk uh, there's more for him later potentially. Uh mm-hmm. if if we have time. Uh but I guess with all that said, let's talk about some of the uh potential awards opportunities for our film uh this week Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio uh of course the film is directed by Guillermo del Toro but it is also co-directed by Mark Gustafsson who I think helped out with like the stop motion sort of elements of it okay okay uh it is written by Guillermo del Toro uh and Patrick McHale uh, based on the book by Carlo Collodi. Uh, the premise is a father's wish magically brings a wooden boy to life in Italy, giving him a chance to care for the child. Uh, the cast includes Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Gregory Mann, Bern Gorman, Ron Perlman, John Turturro, Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, and the legendary Tom Kenny. Uh, and for those who are curious what it is in consideration for, uh, it is in consideration for Best Picture, Best Animated Feature, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Visual Effects, Best Score, Best Song, Chow Papa. Uh, Best Cinematography, Best Production Design, Best Editing, and Best Sound. And with all that said, actually, since it's my birthday, I'll take it away. Oh, so fancy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look at you. Pinocchio. Um, Well, first off, my familiarity with, I guess, the, the story of Pinocchio... The, the wooden boy who ends up in the belly of the whale um, is largely, of course, based on the Disney cartoon. I think like most modern American children, you know, it's, it's based in the Disney cartoon. That's the version that a lot of us first grow up with, are, are exposed to, because especially, you know, in the, in the VHS era, um oh yeah and the you know the the movies on on tv or you know pinocchio showed up and you'd go to people's house you know your your aunt's house and there would be pinocchio and um so pinocchio was was that's where i was exposed to it it was never one of my favorites it was never one that i i gravitated toward you know if there was other options i would watch those pinocchio was not one that i particularly attached myself to you know i knew the song 
Jiminy mm-hmm. Cricket was great. Don't get me wrong. Jiminy Cricket, awesome. The rest of the movie, eh. Like, that was kind of my attachment to it as a, as a child. Um, and I saw some other versions of Pinocchio. Like, I saw, I think there was, like, the, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas version. I don't know what, who that person even is. The, the heartthrob of, um, he was, he was like a, a, a tween heartthrob. Oh, interesting. Um. No, I definitely don't, don't remember the teen sexy version of Pinocchio. I think I saw like another version that came out in like the, the 90s oddies that was like live action. Um, I don't know, for me, like Pinocchio was always just one of those stories that I never came around to. I think that's fair. Um, Del Toro's Pinocchio was definitely one of the first ones that I ever heard, and I was like, go on, I'm interested. You know, I was immediately engaged with the idea of Guillermo and this classic story. You know, I mean, it's so classic that it literally draws on the direct iconography, you know, of you know, um, being in the belly of the beast. Um, and so I was so intrigued by whatever Del Toro was going to bring to the table. Going into it, we hadn't watched a trailer. No. We had seen still images, you know, I saw what the doll, you know, the, the claymation, the stop motion figure for, his Pinocchio looked like, and I was so on board with the design, you know, alone. And for me, Del Toro is one of my all-time favorite directors. I love him more and more the older I get. Um, He is such a, a beautiful, tender filmmaker. And so whatever his Pinocchio was going to be, I was so on board. I honestly didn't even really know the cast for this movie. Mm-hmm. going into it and um sitting down and and popping it on and and watching it you know i at first came came into it and i was almost a little bit like this is good it's it's even potentially great you know but it's it's not i think necessarily it was at times not getting me all the way there. You know, I think that it started a little slow for me. Mm-hmm. By the time I think we hit the second musical number is where I was like, oh shit, this thing has multiple songs, you say? And I this one's like, a bit of a bop? <laughs> I feel like you told me that it was a musical. I don't remember this. Okay. Um, And so I was decently surprised by uh, the second song um and from that point on i think that i definitely started to get more and more engaged with it um and by the time the entire movie was said and done i actually ended up walking away from it um adoring it even more than i thought that i was going to um and that's where i'll leave it for right now what did you think of guillermo del toro's pinocchio Oh, okay. I guess I'll start with my with my own um, 
It's exactly the same. Um, I the first version of Pinocchio I ever watched was was Disney's old dusty Pinocchio, um, not the fresh new one that they just put out apparently, but but the but the original um, with the the famous song you know the got no strings to hold me down and wish upon a star. Oh yeah, that one, that one, that's fair. Um, and like, I guess I'm, I'm also like on the same board boat as you. Like, I liked the movie fine enough, but it definitely wasn't one of the ones that I like watched or anything like. Didn't that, wear you know? out that VHS. Yeah, no, like it wasn't the one. Um, and like, I definitely have like a very vivid memory of that entire film and like the the um the message that that film you know leaves you with you know its own tale of the times of Pinocchio basically um and I really enjoyed the fact that this movie stuck um was stuck pretty close to my my original understanding of what the story it was for Pinocchio you know the fact that like this Disney telling of this tale wasn't complete horseshit and you know was some fabrication of some some loose threads that Disney decided to throw together no it was it was the story that I was still getting but I loved this this new fresh version of it um and like you said like we didn't go into this with anything so I think the first thing that I noticed was um you know just like watching the claymation move was 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 truly um awe-inspiring. They were it was so so smooth, so clean. Um and you could tell that they were claymation, but honestly, you just started to forget about it. It was it was just so um precise and so like just fluid. Um, and I loved the the design. I love the design for Pinocchio. I think that he looks fantastic. I love his cute little, like, lopsided, like, the one ear on one side. Um, you know, really kind of, like, thrown together. But, but still, but still cute and still has personality that's, that's different. Um, I think that my only note for this film is it, I felt like it was really distracting how not Italian they were. You know, everything about this and like mind you you know we've got we've got ron perlman in this film we've got a bunch of people who are obviously not italian in this film but they were like these people are american whereas like we've now got these british people you know we've got um i know that ewan isn't british but he's from like the uk he's scottish he's scottish we've got you know david bradley who is who is very much a british man you know we've got this kid who who is pinocchio who just sounds like billy elliot and i felt like it was it was very like man i can't stop being like these people are over here saying ciao and then you know and whatnot and i'm like no no that's that's not correct um but honestly i feel like that's like my really like main note for this film um because I I did also feel like this film kind of like took its time getting there and at the beginning I didn't really know if I liked this film if I didn't I didn't know if I really liked Pinocchio um as a as a character mm-hmm. I felt like he was you know very pig-headed very 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 annoying as a of a of a child you know and I I also I completely I guess identified as well you know with with Geppetto's loss of of this of this of this previous child that he had and this this love 
that he had for this boy who was who was truly like the world's best child you know very well behaved and like this this growing that each of them has to do through this story because I feel like the original story that like I you know uh, the Disney version is just you know this this wide-eyed child who's who's completely you know innocent and with his innocence is a little you know ignorant but he's still this sweet kid and and Geppetto is this nice old man and you don't want any harm to come to either of them and I felt like this movie really grounded the meaning of the story you know this understanding the difference between what is right and what is wrong you know what is easy and what is good and willing to make hard choices even even at this this fragile age of a child and I loved the fact that Guillermo decided to to take this film and wrap it in something that children do not get talked about with you know, is this this entire movie is is set around World War Two, and fascist Italy, and you know what does what does that mean to grow up in a world like this? You know, and and um these these children are put to to different tests, and instead of it being the, the, this 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 boy getting getting taken to the it was like the carnival or whatever, and and then smoking cigars and stuff in the in the Disney one, you know, he's. He ends up going to like a camp and like learning to be like a Nazi youth. Well, he does still end up at the carnival. He does, but it's like it's a different, you know, atmosphere, I think. Oh, um, for sure, for sure. And I just I, I think that this was a really brilliant way because I feel like people all the time kind of skirt around what was actually wrong about World War Two and this this war that we had and the and the the ideals of these people and why they are bad. Instead we just go, you know, we talk about the lives that were lost, you know, we talk about it being a bad time, and then we just kind of skirt past it and remember it being like a good good time in history, though, for America. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't look at it as being like this huge travesty. We're like, hey, but like, we came out on top. Yeah. It's like how we look at World War II, which I think is, is so, so twisted. <laughs> Such a warped perspective. But, but that's America, you know, in a nutshell. But, like, this movie, I thought that this movie was beautiful, though. At the end, it, like, truly, truly worth, worth a watch. Um, had me crying. Had you crying. We were both over here tearing up. No, for sure. So, um, what I think is so interesting about this movie, you know, it's one that I've chewed on a lot more. And what I think is so fascinating is that the, the placing it in fascist Italy and essentially making Pinocchio and some of that stuff like our main place of fantasy where the rest of his world is by and large more starkly real mm-hmm. um, opens it up to this really interesting exploration of you know a child in this regime and how ultimately these influences are, are, are being put on children at an early age, whether a parent wants them to or not. Mm -hmm. He sends his child off to school. And that child, assuming that everything is going to go the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. 
and his child ends up learning all of the wrong things, you know, getting engaged with the wrong ideas, hanging out around the wrong people. Um, and it's also because none of the, none of the state is functioning right either. And also what's so interesting is that there's this whole thing is Pinocchio at one point going to be sent off to a military camp or is he going to be, uh, you know, forced into his contractual obligation for the carnival. And what's so interesting is that ultimately it turns out that there's no distinction Mm -hmm. in the end. The carnival was still kicking up to the state. The state was still funding and deciding what the carnival was doing. Pinocchio's act was all still in service of the state. And ultimately this, like, you know, very pure capital figure of of Volpe ends up, um, you know, using Pinocchio as this puppet. You know, obviously for his own gains, but also... He's kind of a puppet for the state. Volpe mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. they're using money. Those are his strings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a fascinating, layered, rich story that is accessible for children. Um, that is in in the pure sense of everything that it's about, of fatherhood and childhood, of life, of growing up of coming of age and of realizing that time is precious and that you don't have endless amounts of it. And it's all of that as well as this incredible discussion on fascism and what empowers it and who empowers it Mm -hmm. and how it also takes hold, you know, in a generation no, for sure. Um, I loved that you talked about all of the fantasy being circled around Pinocchio himself. You know, the rest of the world is the the world, and I think that that is so such a such a Guillermo way of thinking about you know childhood still having this this magical essence to it, and the 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 more reality that is put on our character, you know, the less fantasy that really happens. The fantasy, the, the things that were fanciful about the fantasy are stripped away. And we're, we're left with, with the reality of, even though it is fanciful, like these things still have stakes and consequences. And I think that those are great lessons and in such a, such a nice way for Guillermo to, to put them in. And it just, it reminds me a lot of Pan's Labyrinth. Um, you know, as we focus on this child who goes on this magical adventure through, you know, these very dark and twisted fairy tale like um, escapades and 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 ends up, you know, in this in this bittersweet ending. And I think that this is also very similar to that. But it's 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 um, and again, it's it's it, like I said, I guess it's it's topics that the children don't get a lot of access to because we we think that if the, if they're happy all the time then then that's good mm-hmm. you know happy is the most important of the emotions and any other emotion that you experience is either bad or should be stopped you know pushed down don't even worry about it if you don't think about it it'll go away and then you'll be happy again mm-hmm. whereas Guillermo doesn't like to live in happy he likes to live in 
in in sorrow and in in true pure you know joy um and I think that this movie has both of those things in it it has the the triumphs and the sads you know the the bittersweets yeah and you know it it leaves on this um you know, uh, our our narrator makes this note. You know, I haven't I haven't heard of him. In a while. And ultimately, you know the the. The way that the movie ends, there is this kind of. Um, mystery over over the finality of Pinocchio, but also you don't always get to know how everyone's story perfectly ends either. Yeah. You know, um, you learn the ending of some of our characters, but some of our other characters, you know, and in particular Pinocchio, you are left with this lingering question of what did come next, but it also doesn't necessarily matter. No, yeah, because also I think that this story does a brilliant way of of ending without it being, and they lived happily ever after. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's that's a hard truth to learn after a lifetime of being, you know, told that happily ever after exists. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you, that's that's all you watch as a child is all of these things that wrap up in a nice pretty bow. Then when reality hits, it's going to hit like a truck. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie is a great way of easing into harder topics Mm -hmm. without it feeling um, disconnected from childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. As well. No, and I think that it also does a great job of of telling the emotional story that it wants throughout the movie visually, not dissimilarly to um, Up. You know, and I think eventually, especially the final act of the movie, very much conveys a lot of complex emotional feelings in very clear visual language. Mm-hmm. And that's also just, I think, one of the strong suits of the movie overall. You know, the first time we meet Pinocchio, he's almost like this ambling corpse. Like a, um, but also not dissimilar to a deer on unsteady legs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this gangly, awkward walk. Yeah, because also like, you know, he's alive, but that doesn't mean that he knows at all what it means to be human at this point. So he's just moving his body for like the first time. Literally, you know, what are these impulses doing what babies do, but, um, you know, in a much bigger frame. So it's also way more awkward, um, to, 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 to watch. No, it's, it, it definitely borderlined on like very creepy, um, which is just. (laughs) Creepy, but also at sometimes physical comedy, you know, the, the way that he would tumble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and I think that Guillermo, uh, one of the benefits of stop motion circling around this and and some of the practicality aspects of it. I think one of the things that stop motion has is a great physical sense of gravity of things hitting things smashing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it has that great tactile textural nature. Well, it's because it is real, Mm -hmm, you -hmm. know, it is something that somebody was, was touching with their hands, you know, it's, I think that you can't separate that, but I think that, you know, when you, when you start to, to put that into a t- 2D dimension, it's harder 
Because mm-hmm. also we're three-dimensional creatures. Yeah. I think that we can also understand 3D, you know, better because it is a medium that we, we, we live our entire lives in. No, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I just, I love the way that it reads, you know, even when we can go in and create all of these incredible you know, 3D animated worlds. I think the the only thing that is, like, not true stop motion that comes the closest to doing it in a 3D animated context is the Lego movies. Because I because they took so much time to make it look like Legos, mm-hmm. which made it closer to, again... A stop motion sort yeah, of. Yeah, exactly, because the Legos could only move in so many ways, and so it was... And know. they have uneven surfaces when you get to that closeness of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, um, I I agree because again, like they are trying to make it as photoreal as possible with, with while still having it be a cartoon. No, absolutely. Whereas like Frozen isn't doing that. No. You know. Moana isn't doing that. No, 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 no. None of the Disney three D films are are doing that. Even, even you know, even Wally isn't doing that because it's not supposed to be photoreal. Yeah. Um. On, a, on another real quick pivot, um, I also want to... All the performances are great, but I do really want to especially highlight uh, David Bradley's Geppetto. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Because David Bradley, for most people, is Argus Filch from the Harry Potter films. The caretaker. Um, maybe the one with Mrs. Norris. You murdered my cat. Um, to some, he's maybe the, uh, the old guy with the sea mine and hot fuzz. Uh, to a rarer few, he is the guy that drinks from his own straw in the world's end. Um, drinks from his own straw. You'll, you'll get there. Think through it. Um, but he is a tremendous character actor, and to to have him get given an entire big leading meaty part where he got to play such a wonderful breadth of emotions of joy and pain and tenderness and and anger um was absolutely breathtaking, and I really really love that Guillermo decided to to give him this uh this role um because it was such a a highlight of such an incredible character actor's ability and range Mm. no I completely I completely agree with all of that because you know like you said he has not had um a platform like this before he's never been like the leading character and mind you you know Geppetto is not our main character. Our Geppetto is the the parent of our main character. You know the but but the kid doesn't matter. You know I'm never gonna remember Gregory Mann until he's done something more significant than be the the voice of Pinocchio. Yeah. You know I don't know who this child is, but but you know seeing a seeing a seasoned actor really get to to do something outside of his range because of with with voice acting especially you can be. Um, anything and no offense to david he looks like a crouchy old man and so that's what he ends up playing in every single thing that we see him in and so this is that but with with all of this love and tenderness behind it and 
honestly, I've got to, I got to give some props to Ewan. Of course. He also gets one of my favorite jokes. Ewan does. Yeah. He has that song that continually is interrupted. Oh my gosh. Or the, the running gag of him getting squished. Yeah. Just continually squished. But he's and fine. being like, life is pain, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. But it's also kind of like the theme of the movie, mm-hmm. you know? It's all about finding the joy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, I, I loved, I, lo- <laughs> I loved how obviously it's Ewan, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, it's me, I'm Ewan, talking into a microphone. I'm essentially doing, you know, a little bit of my Moulin Rouge thing, but bear with me, it's going to turn out in the end. You no, know? yeah, no, yeah, because... I mean, he is doing his Moulin Rouge bit because he's a writer who's 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 narrating the entire thing. Oh my! And then gosh. I met an Argentinian with narcolepsy. You know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Was was Guillermo a part of Moulin? No, Rouge? that's Baz. Oh well. I don't know. I don't know. Guillermo's got an innocent sweetheart. I think that I think that he was also infatuated with Moulin Rouge, just like the rest of society. I mean, and especially Ewan in that movie. I mean, what a I heartthrob. I mean, yes, Ewan in that movie. He he takes he takes the cake. Forget about um, Nicole Kidman. She's she's great in Australia, people. Um. But no, I, uh, I I really thought that he did a great job. I really enjoyed the entire cast. You know, it's it's an incredible cast that sometimes has the smallest of parts and they give it their all for however many lines they have. You know, it's, it's truly a movie of no small parts for any of these actors. I John mean... Turturro, go and, go and watch this movie and then you come back and without looking it up, Tell me who he played. Or even go and look it up, and then you tell me which character that was. Oh my I dare gosh! You. I mean, Kate Blanchett is in this movie! Tell me who. Okay. <laughs> you go, You. I defy you to tell me who it is. I mean, honestly. Um, I will tell you who Tom Kenny plays. He plays Mussolini. Um, but again, it doesn't sound like him. That's right. Um, incredible stuff. Well, I mean, Tom Kinney is a professional voice actor. You know, homie is putting out the work. Oh, Everybody yeah. else said, I came, I saw, I sound like myself. Yeah. Um, and so it was truly a, um, you know, it's an ensemble, but but the the main hitters are, of course, without a doubt, um, you know, you and Bradley... Um, then probably Christoph Waltz, I'd say, was is your next biggest cast member, followed by probably Ron Perlman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of of especially like a pair of of screen time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, for sure. No, I I completely understand. I love I love Tim Blake Nelson's little like cameo pretty much in this film. It's 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 exactly what you need from him. Oh yeah. Um. And again, another part where you're not expecting it to be who it is. No. Um, ultimately, I think that it has, you know, based on this, I think that it has best animated feature in the bag. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know if it, I don't think that it's going to get best picture, but I think that it's got best animated. I personally, I think, would give it one of my best picture noms. I don't think that it will get one, but I personally would give it. Um, Best director, it probably still will not get again, uh, which is Uh, a shame because it should. 
Well, it's also, uh, it's, a, it's, it's quote unquote animated. So like. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, I think that this movie is not going to get half the love that it should. I think that it will get, you know, things like um, maybe visual effects. I think it should get score. Yes, it's because it's, it's an entirely original score. Um, I think Chow Papa, it will definitely get a nomination. It won't win for best song, but I think it'll get a nomination. Um, and then it might get some of the other technical ones. Um, but I think that it'll probably be overlooked um, more than I would like. And I certainly think that it's a shame that some of the actors in particular, namely... Uh, Honestly, David Bradley, I think that it's a real shame that uh, he won't get any sort of acting recognition because it's it's a career best. Oh, yeah. I just really... Walder Frey is another of his, by the way, from Game of Thrones, the one that helps organize the Red Wedding. Right, 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 right. I told you, told you. Mm-hmm. Greasy old man. Yeah. Crotchety, horrid old man. Yeah, you know, you know, whatever whatever Gaston thought he was saying was crazy old Maurice. Uh, scab. You know, this this healy, nasty thing. You yeah, know. yeah, for sure. Because he just, he looks like a guy who's going to be the, the Clint Eastwood other. No, honestly, to your point, he can sort of contort his face into this sort of man with no name scowl. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's got a resting old man bitch face. Slap some green paint on him, he's the Grinch, you know. Yes, 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 yes. And he's going to do a better job, no offense, than than Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, He's a Scrooge, a literal Scrooge type. I, I, did he play Scrooge in something? He should have. I think if he hasn't already, he should have. But I feel like since he's British and, and it's Dickens. All right, um, we do a, a limited 12-night run. 12 Nights of Christmas, run of the Muppet Christmas Carol on stage with him as our Scrooge. Fantastic. That's my pitch. Fantastic. We, we, we've, we've nailed Christmas. It's done now. We figured out everything that we needed. You're welcome. Next Christmas, when it debuts, you know who to thank. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to have Ron Perlman be my ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> no, that's right. Um... I want him in a big old Santa suit. Maybe we'll even put him on like some slight stilts or something. Yeah, make him enormous. Yeah. Um, Overall, if you had to rate uh, Pinocchio out of five, what would you give it? I'm going to give Pinocchio, I think, um, I'm going to give Pinocchio a four and a half. Okay. Um, I think that this movie is, 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 quite excellent i need to re-listen to the songs a bit um i was very distracted by the visual of this movie just watching this movie to like pay attention to any of the music um but i think that i think that it definitely wins me in the end and i think that that's where it's 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 getting the the little point off you know as i wasn't there from the beginning but it got me in the end mm. uh i will go four and a half as well um it is it is truly so funny to especially since we have watched so much of him in the last few years um and he's he's so burned into my brain as a filmmaker to see 
you know, the artist go back to the colors that he loves so much on his easel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it is, it's breathtaking watching every one of his movies every year that we get one is a true treat. I thought that, I thought that Nightmare Alley last year was criminally overlooked. Um, I think that he is a, again, a beautifully tender human filmmaker fascinated with, um, uh, dark corners and slightly dirty places and vaguely broken people. And, um, I think that the claymation style, you know, lends itself to exactly his sort of strange, fantastical vision. Um, I think that the movie treads that beautiful line between horror and fantasy like a true fairy tale does. Um, and I, I think that it's an excellent film. Yeah. Um, I can, I agree with that 100%. And to your point, made me cry. Uh, not just little, uh, slight tear, like made me not, you know, I'm not talking weeping, but like solid hit me in the feelings, you know, sitting here crying. Yeah. Like it was a quiet cry, Mm -hmm. but there was, there was definitely like multiple tears were like flowing kind of deal. You know, like it was, it was a solid cry, but it wasn't like, it wasn't ugly. No, but it was, it was a good little meditative cry. Yeah. Because it hits you right in the feels. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like I don't think that there's a person alive right now that this, that the ending of this film wouldn't touch. Yeah. Because I it's think at the a, end of the day, the core message is is universal. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a beautiful, wonderful movie. I I really can't recommend it enough. And if you're listening to this in your commute, go home and watch it. Yeah, because it's on Netflix today, right now. You can just put it on. If you're put- sitting at home listening to this, and you've got the free day. Stop listening to this now. The rest of our discussion doesn't matter. Go and watch this instead. Yeah, yeah. Put on your ex-roommate's Netflix and get on, get to watching this. Because I know you still have their, their login. Come Put on. on your aunt's Netflix. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Tell auntie you love her. Tell her that she should also watch Pinocchio. That's right. Um, but no, it's, it's a, it's a great movie and, and I really highly recommend it. Um, for the last part of our discussion, uh, the main thing that I wanted to bring up was of course the, uh, the big news, the big shakeup from, uh, Hollywood Reporter with its claims about, uh, DC films, their reports, you know, that, the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman 3 is not going to be moving forward in its current iteration. Um, you know, there are uh, reports of potentially the, the, the Black Adam franchise not moving forward. Um, it's, uh, it's quite the... Uh, the, the the sort of report that they threw out 
uh, I definitely would recommend that you go and read it, but essentially the news is James Gunn is planning lots of big changes is sort of, you know, the, the boiling down point. Um, yeah, he said, this is chaos, guys. You're just throwing anything at the wall now. Well, and so James Gunn decided today to address the Hollywood Reporter piece. And oh, so okay. he went on to Twitter uh, and essentially he said, some of it's true. Some of it's not. Some of it's kind of true. Also, we don't know yet. <laughs> um, he was like, we came in and there were certain things in place. Some of it was a very fractured environment. Some of the fan base was very fractured in their opinions on certain things. Um, you know, and so we inherited this thing and are still trying to figure it out. Yeah, because it is a mess. And he was like, and do we have an answer for you yet? No, we're still working on it. We still don't even have answers to questions that we haven't asked yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, where we're, it's a day-by-day -day sort of process for us right now. We're looking at a 10-year calendar that we're trying to plan out. Um... And so that was one of the, the big things that, that came out from it. What are, what are your thoughts? I think that they can kind of get a sense of how you think about some of, the, some of the news. One of the news pieces was also that Aquaman might be over and Momoa might swap to playing Lobo. I don't care who Lobo is. Um, as long as James Gunn is there, I think that Jason Momoa has a chance of, of redeeming his acting career with guidance but the thing is he hasn't had any because um dc has been run by cowboys with guns and they're all going no i'm dirty dan jeff jones maybe um and it's just been chaos over there it's been chaos there's been no plan it's just everybody going i've got an idea for a movie i've got this much budget budget and the and and the top brass going yes 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 Yes, and just checking checking them all off because they said any idea is a good idea when no one has any ideas. <laughs> so let's just keep doing this. At minimum, people will go, I like Batman. That's and they'll, right. And they'll come and see this movie. People will always say they like Batman. Um... So I think that now we are, we are coming to a head... Because we have to get rid of all of the, 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 the nonsense. We have to we have to shed off all of this excess fat. We have to get we have to cut out the cancer and we have to get down to business of making this thing into a into a co cohesive vision instead of mindless jibber jabber in all directions, you know. Yeah. Because of you know, your father says it all the time. A stopped clock is right twice a day. And that's been DC's motto since the, like, inception. And where has it gone, you guys? Nowhere. Half of your actors look great for the part, and that's it. They might as well have just been, I don't know, models. Because they can't act. No, uh, you, you do make a good point. I mean, it's definitely, I think at times with some of their films, especially lately, it's more of, um, uh, do you look the part yeah, more it's about than appearance. do you fit the part? 
Because that's the thing that's selling anything for them because they don't actually, the movie isn't good. It's all about the posters. It's all about the merch. Um, And so ultimately, I think that like, I think that you're pretty spot on and and pretty fair with a lot of of what you've said. Um, And I think that James Gunn is fair to come out and like, look at that report and be like, you know, here's how it is one he gets out ahead of a story that was honestly kind of a non-story if you really think about it james gunn is making strategic decisions about a content calendar yeah what after after a shake-up following a major merger that's do you really think that he was gonna go guys 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 we're we're just gonna leave it be we're going to keep all of these ideas for the next 10 years and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. And then we're going to we're going to figure this out. No, not even remotely. That's a bad, bad planning, guys. He said, let's keep the things that maybe will be good and let's get rid of all of the stuff that's just that's just nonsense. Like the third Aquaman movie or whatever number we're on now. It doesn't matter. I didn't watch any of them. And so ultimately, I think that like he's coming to it you know, from a place of I've got to just come in and, and own it and do what I'm going to do. And also he knows, and he talked about, he can't make everyone happy. And I think that also he just has to come in and go, I've got to do whatever I'm going to do with these characters that I love, because if I try to make everyone happy, I'm just going to make Drek or I'm going to make nothing. Yeah, you're going to continue on the line that DC's been doing. They've just been doing stuff to make people happy. And that's that's been it. And again, it hasn't really gotten them anywhere. You know? Um, no, I'm, I'm fully for this new, these new, this new refocusing that's happening right now. And of course, he doesn't know what's going on. They're, they've literally, all they've done right now is just take out the trash. Yeah. They don't know what else is going to happen yet. They just know what's not going to work. Yeah. They've not even gotten to the creative point yet. So, like, of course he can't answer any of these questions and half of them are speculation. You know, they're putting words in his mouth at this point. Yeah. Um, with all that said, uh, I don't have anything else for y'all dear listener um thank you of course for listening it's my birthday go and share this episode um it's his birthday wish and uh beyond that go uh catch up on pinocchio uh it's a great movie um and uh that's pretty much all that i've got for y'all Enjoy the holiday season. Don't get wrapped up in all the crazy shit. Um, you know, it's it's easy to, to do that and get stressed out, you know. Try and enjoy your, your time off as much as you can. Yes. And um, for those that don't have any time off. True. You know. True. Set aside some time where you can for yourself for your loved ones, and for the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. Because this time of year is stressful, and don't let the holidays bum you out, you know? You don't need to get a present for everybody. You don't need to stretch yourself that thin. Yeah. Because also, at the end of the day, your presence 
is going to be more important than than something is the present exactly i mean i have plenty of gifts from relatives where i was like that's really great and i never used it so like sometimes just being there is the most important thing yeah and and that's my film buds lesson of the day there we go um no but honestly thanks of course as always for listening you guys um check out of course the links below to to the from art uh to last week's episode uh check us out on all of our socials of course and we will catch you guys next week bye, bye.